Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 64. Today, we're talking with Jared Campbell about an upcoming event he has going on, RUFA, which is running up for air. So make sure you listen and see what you can do to support the cause. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Trail Manners Podcast, number 64. And we have a pretty, it. pretty solid guest. Oh, I like that. Nice, right? nice like comeback on that. I usually say we got a special guest. Yeah, you're right? not allowed to say that anymore. So not, not anymore. So today we uh, made the trek down to Salt Lake City. Yep, in the, in the uh, rain. In the Seattle rain. Yeah. It feels like it's 45 degrees. Right. Pouring rain. We're supposed to get 30 inches of snow. That did not happen. Definitely not not below 9,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, today we have got Mr. Jared Campbell. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, out of your busy day uh, to sit down and talk to us. Absolutely. Very happy to be here, guys. Thanks a lot. So, uh, you know, we, we definitely have some things we want to talk about, but let's do a quick little introduction for those that may not know Jared. Right. Okay. I mean, a lot of us know him pretty well, things he's done. Right. Um, so, Jared, a little bit about yourself, a little bit of, little bit of background, and then we can jump into some, some goodies. Well, um, we're here in Salt Lake City, uh, where I'm born and raised, product of this place, and I can't seem to pry myself away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up here, went uh, all through my schooling here, up through college as well. Um, Spent a good chunk of my life climbing, rock climbing, kind of, you know, living in Salt Lake City is about one of the best, best places on earth for it. And I guess spent 15 years doing that, both within the country and traveling a lot abroad, too. And that, uh, I guess in my early 20s, kind of transitioned to running. Um, was I had a mentor, a uh, professor that I worked for, actually, who kind of talked me into trying out a hundred miler and it was you know like a lot of people just got to do it once prove to prove to yourself you can do it and then get back to back to the other things and here i am i guess 14 15 years later with it being a pretty big part of my life right so done more than one so far done a couple <laughs> one or two yeah. and i mean some of the, some of the big ones you've done i mean obviously is barkley i mean let's we could start there um you have a pretty deep connection and you always will uh, with Barkley, whether you want it or not. Um, but tell us a little bit, how did you first get introduced to that? And then how did that get in your blood to where you've, you've accomplished what you've accomplished? Um, I, I knew about Barkley pretty early on. Um, those who've stumbled across Matt Mahoney's website, you know, it's kind of this classic old schools, like, you know, 90s HTML website. <laughs> um, but for whatever reason, I was kind of drawn to the things that he would put on there, like Nolan's 14 and Barkley and... Um, a lot of the people I really looked up to when I was first getting into the sport were people drawn 
to those events, along with, you know, Hard Rock. Hard Rock's, you know, obviously a tougher but more, much more mainstream event. And those people seemed to eventually gravitate towards things like Nolan's and like Barkley. You know, people like Blakewood and Jim Nelson, who's a Salt Lake hero who's no longer with us. Right. Um, but, you know, those, those people, I just, for whatever reason, kind of gravitated to the stories they had written up about those events. So I knew about the Barkley, I mean, for a dozen years, really, before I entertained the idea of doing it. In fact, it, more than anything, it was kind of a joke between me and my friends, like, you know... One of my good friends, Ryan McDermott, we always um, had this joke like, "Which would you rather do? Would it be Badwater or would it be Barkley?" And oh, you know, that's there's no good answer there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why it took me a while to realize like my answer to that was absolutely Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a road guy and I don't right. like heat, I'll, so I'm with you on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of a no-brainer there. Um, probably five or six years ago, he said um, that we actually had this ongoing sort of you know, bet about it. And he said, well, you know, the day you do Barkley, I'll, I'll follow up and do uh, Badwater just to oh. sort of balance it out. But he's completely, you know, falling short on his end of the deal there. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> Call him out right here. Yeah, totally. Ryan, get on it. <laughs> At this point, you know, he's got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I knew about it for a long time. It wasn't until maybe 2011 that I really started thinking about doing it. I had um, spoken with Blake Wood and I met uh, Ed Furta, who's kind of a key figure in the Barkley history, really cool guy. I met him out at Hard Rock in 2010, actually. And for whatever reason, I think I kind of planted the seed in my mind. And 2011, I had this, you know, pretty epic sort of home building project, I remember. And, you know, much of my free time was spent, you know, designing and building the, our home now. And at the end of that, you know, we moved in in December, early December, after a whole summer of trying to have a full-time job and, you know, build a house on the side and I was just like exhausted and I just didn't feel like myself. I felt out of, out of balance, you know, in terms of, in terms of work life, you know, uh, balance there. <laughs> and Too so I was like, I got to have something, I got to have something to put on the calendar to just catapult me back into, you know, training for a goal. And so that was early December. Thankfully I was well connected enough to people who had done Barkley, which is kind of key that I was able to figure out how to get in <laughs> right? and did get in, you know, so I had about four months or so to, to get ready for it. And for me, that was awesome, you know, like this really neat and very challenging thing to put on the calendar. So that whole winter for me, the winter of 2011, 2012 timeframe was really cool to train for that. And during that, as I was out on, you know, all the classic trails right around here, uh, Mount Olympus, Grand Peak and whatnot, I kept running into Jim Nelson, right. nice. who I had, you know, known over the years in things like uh, Hard Rock. And I told I said, Jim, I, you know, I got into Barkley. And he, you know, all of a sudden it changed our relationship. And, <laughs> and he just really wanted to help me out, which was which was quite cool. You know, he said, come over to my house. You know, he lives in, uh, you know, downtown Salt Lake. And he said, come over to my house and I'll, you know, take you under my wing and show you pictures and help you understand the event. Because, I mean, I guess there's a lot more information now than there was. Oh, yeah five, six years ago. Right. Um, five, six years ago, it was very mysterious still. Yeah. You know, you only had a couple, you know, well, many very, very long, but mostly just text recounts of how the event went for people, and then a few pictures here and there. I mean, at this point, there's, like, movies on yeah, it. Yeah, there's everything. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, so, you know, I knew of it for a long time, kind of got excited about it in 2011 and figured out how to get in. 
Jim helped take me under his wing and I went out there and had a really neat experience and then ended up, you know, going back multiple times since then. So well, that's interesting because now you're kind of that it's like come full circle for you. So right. you're the guy that people you've taken people under your, you know, your right. wing to help them with Barkley. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting cause we've had Jenlyn Eaton on the show. Right. And right. she mentioned how instrumental you were for her, you know, trying to, you know, right. tell her, you know, this is what you, you kind of do this and prepare for this. And cause it is mysterious. And like you said, yeah. there's a lot more information now. Right. And I can imagine, cause I mean, that goes with anything than there ever was. So, yeah. And so, finishes. How many finishes we got at Barkley? Three. Three. Three at this point, yeah. That's unbelievable. And <laughs> on top of that, I mean, there's Hard Rock. Right. Wasatch. Wasatch. Oh, I mean, when we talked about coming down and, and interviewing him, I started thinking, it's like, he's done Wasatch, and he's gone and done Lodija, too. No, actually. You haven't? Uh, I remember. So I had the goal of doing the Wasatja. I still do. I thought you did that. Yeah. Um Two different years I've actually tried to do it, but I've right. actually never started on the bike. And is that just because you just had better thoughts at that point? You're like, no, that's just <laughs> stupid. I better not do that. Well, it's so fascinating. I love the objective, actually. Um, right. Because logistically, it's super challenging. If Yeah. In the sense that, you know, Wasatch starts at, uh, yeah, on a Friday at 5 a.m. Let's back up and kind of explain okay. what this yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. So go ahead. I'll let you explain what this is. Uh, it's really simple to explain. It's doing the Wasatch 100 followed by... The Lodija, which is a race from Logan to Jackson. On the bike. On the bike. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. And how far is that on the bike? It's 200-ish miles, 200-plus miles. Yeah. So, yeah, you you start on a Friday morning for the Wasatch 100 trail race, which is not an easy race. And you you do that under. You have to do it under a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's, like, got to be around 22 hours or faster. Which is pretty fast. Yeah, which is fast anyway. And then you jump in your car from you know, Heber, right. and drive to Logan. As fast yeah. as you can. As fast as someone will drive you there, because <laughs> right. you're not driving. No, hopefully not. <laughs> right. And so that takes an hour-ish. Ish. Probably two hours at yeah. least. Yeah, an hour and a half maybe. That's yeah. just the drive. And then right. you got to kind of, and you just finished a 100-mile race, so then you got to get up and geared up, psyched yeah. up, and jump on a bike, pedal, and that's and this I mean, is the solo division. This isn't like the <laughs> the relay, right? Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, I, I rode bike just enough to... You know, usually I'm on a bike when I'm injured from from running, actually. But I do really love to bike. I'm not right. one of these guys who goes out in big groups, and you know, I'm not like I'm not a you know expert biker by any means. So most of my biking is by myself, right? You know. Um, anyway, yeah, like putting that all together timeline wise to finish the Wasatch as fast as you need to to logistically be able to get to the start line for Lodija is tricky, and uh, it puts this very interesting sort of psychological twist on Wasatch, right? Where <laughs> You know, you're running, and it's like, okay, I got to, like, finish in, like, I, I got to be reserved, but at the same time finish in 22-ish hours, and it's hard to, like, figure out that combo. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. you finish in 22 hours, that's, like, top five. That's or it tough. it used to be. I mean, now that's, yeah. like, top it de- ten. It depends, yeah, on the year it, and who's right. there, but, yeah, it's it's fast. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. And so two years I actually put in and got into Lodija and, you know, started, started Wasatch, ran it in... 21 and change or something um but i had a really terrible like finish of it you know and i think i really think it's because of sort of the what weighs on your mind you know right. knowing that you have the bike ride actually <laughs> the last 20 or, or something miles was like terrible you know like one of those horrible just, just <laughs> mentally draining yeah and just you know just i was a mess throwing up everywhere <laughs> cross the finish line i'm like oh, i feel horrible but i uh you know showered jumped in the car my wife dro- drove me up to logan and i'm like trying to shift gears in my mind into biking mode right 
And uh, <laughs> I just, just, it was not the right circumstances. It's funny because the next year I did not sign up for um, Lodija and had a great, had a great Wasatch in the sense that I felt, you know, pretty awesome all the way to the end. And I was like, dang it, you know, like uh, the, the, the years that I have not been in Lodija, you know, like I've good Wasatch. Yeah, I've had good right? Wasatch. So I think I kind of like that game which i have not perfected yet i will go back and try this again soon <laughs> oh my but gosh. i'm like how do you piece that together to have you know the right mindset to not be exhausting mentally while you're running wasatch and then also finish fast enough and get up to logan and jump well, on the well bike. it seems i mean just <clears throat> from the outside looking in it seems like well i have these great wasatch races when i know when i finish i'm done that's what it sounds like to me <laughs> yeah, as opposed right? to when i finish a hundred mile race then i gotta high five somebody throw on some spandex yeah. and jump on a bike for you know yeah. a day or however long it takes yeah. so i could see where that might be a mind game for sure yeah i mean just a hundred okay a hundred miles that's tough like period i don't care if it's a flat race tough course it's a hundred miles right but now let's throw a twist let's say okay now you got to do it in sub 22 which is not something everybody or, no. or or a very high percentage can even do that. Right. Now jump on a bike. So, yeah. 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 It's still un- <laughs> uncharted territory. Well, you got and, and what do you call what's the what do you call that one again? I forgot. Um, Wasataja, Wasatoja, depends Wasatoja. how you want to pronounce oh, that's it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It really now, does. Now, has anybody done this yet no. that you know of? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, it needs to be done. I'll tell yeah. you what, it's really cool on Thursday when you're Let's see, you're you're going to Sugar House Park where the check-in for Wasatch is, you know, check-in for Wasatch, you do the whole weigh-in and all that thing. And the, actually, no, I think you check in for Lodija first, you know, and it's up in, like, somewhere in Ogden, right? Yeah. Show up to the it line and go through the little line, get all my, you know, swag and whatnot, get the, like, sticker, you know, the tattoo on your leg that says you're a Lodija biker, you know, and then race down to Sugar House Park and check in for the Wasatch. <laughs> it's such a trip. <laughs> but kind of cool. It's kind of... <laughs> Okay, so now now you folks know what yeah. type of person we're dealing with here, right? And Jared, right. If, not if, only if you is know, for sure. not only is he a hard rock veteran, uh, a Barkley veteran, but he's got this other crazy thing he's trying to do too, <laughs> yeah. to be the first set. And that's yeah. just, and again, this is just a, and a, a lot of you already know Jared, but this is like a tip of the iceberg with the yeah. accomplishments. I mean, me and right. Joel, just on the way down. I mean, when talking to you, you started some, you've done. RDing for quite a bit, and you know, kind started of, the Pocatello Fifty. Yep, yeah. We were part of that the first year, and then you've handed that off. But I mean, your your, I'll say, race or run resume is pages long. Right, right. It's solid. Yeah, and you're climbing, climbing, and skiing, skiing. Yeah, you've you're you're backcountry back travel and Zion, which I've always admired. <laughs> Thank you. Those <laughs> things are cool. I loved reading those, man. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. So that's. That's a good introduction, right? I think. Well, so what do you do for work, real quick? Let's round it out. <laughs> uh, engineer. Okay. So, yep my my day job is living the life of a mechanical engineer. Right on. <laughs> yep. Okay. So he's a smart so, guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, we've a lot of smart people. smart people are drawn to this. And we've yeah. talked about this. I think when we were talking with Dom Layfield about this, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of ultra runners are people that have at least bachelor's degrees, if not masters. Yeah, and they just have that that switch we've talked to a lot on the show we've had jim skaggs he's an engineer yeah right and he's kind of the same way are you a spreadsheet guy too oh boy (laughs) (laughs) he smiled big yeah you better not talk to my wife (laughs) grocery listed in spreadsheets right up once you said spreadsheet (laughs) that was awesome you got my attention now i'm here all right we're we're locked and loaded now because and this is you know i mean a big segment i mean a lot a lot of 
the stories that we could go on with, with Barclay and Hard Rock and, you know, your backcountry stuff, everything you've done. I mean, we could have show after show after show, but, you know, one of the reasons, um, one of the many reasons we wanted to get you on the show too, is talk about what you've done the last four years for this area. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of it and I, it's something that just needs to be addressed in so many levels and hopefully we, you know, we can help on that, but you have, it's called RUFA. Right. And what's that stand for? Running up for air, right? Right. You got it. So yep. we're going to kind of, again, you do a great job. We're going to kind of let you take away, you know, kind of go with what RUFA is um, and we'll, we'll kind of dissect it as we get into it. But, you know, kind of how did this start? Why did it start? And, and where are we at today? Yeah. Well, if you look at the timeline, the first year that we did it was 2012, actually, which is the first year I went out to Berkeley. Okay. And... So that's not really just a coincidence. I was training a lot for Barkley in the middle of the winter, right? Because the race is in early April. And you inevitably are going... For me, it's a lot of Olympus, Mount Olympus and the west side of Grandeur, two peaks I have done <laughs> more, care, more times than I care to admit. Um, but, you know, a lot of time out there on your own and in a lot of lonely time too. And a lot of like feeling of maybe not selfishness per se, but just like... This whole thing that I'm doing, all this training is all about, it's all about preparation for some personal thing, for me to go out to Barkley, right? And it's like, at one point it just hit me, like, is there some way to take all of this time and energy that I'm investing into training here and turn it into something constructive for, like, you know, the greater society, right? Right. <laughs> Not just Jared getting ready for Barkley. This was me kind of thinking it through in, you know, November, let's say, November, December. And I got on the phone with... Well, okay, so one thing led to another on one of the laps, let's say, and I was like, well, I've done the race director thing before. You know, right. like, I, I know how to do that. Um, I don't know if I could pull off a permit for this, but maybe I could come up with a way to raise some funding, you right. know, for something good, right? And I had this idea, again, it, I had a really short fuse, and I didn't have a permit, so it's like, maybe I could come up with a way to say that I'm going to go do something crazy, like 10 laps on the west side of Grandeur at the time, and... And I could have people sort of dare me, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in $5 for every lap that you do, Jerry, right. or $10 or something like that. Because I don't believe it, you know. And my whole thing early on was, let me say I'm going to do 10, and those who don't believe me will, you know, financially dare me to do 10. Right. Because right? at the time, 10 laps on the west side of Grandeur sounded pretty crazy. So how many, how many <coughs> feet of elevation is per lap? It's like 3,300 feet oh, per okay. lap. And how, how so. far is it from the bottom of to the top? It's like 2.2 miles oh up. So it's, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's a good, good steep hill. Yeah, that's way up. That's, that's like good. straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I came down after it hit me that I could raise maybe a few dollars this way, and I talked to a good friend of mine, um, probably one of the most like well-intentioned and, and well-educated people I've ever known, and I said, hey, you know, you're really well connected in the nonprofit side of things. He has an MD and a PhD, and so, like, you know, on paper, he's super brilliant, and he's just this really interesting guy. But he's also, much more than that, he's very humanitarian-focused. And I said, what group in Salt Lake City, what nonprofit group would benefit the most from a few dollars? So he thought about it for a second or two and quickly came back and said, Breathe Utah. you got to go look into Breathe Utah. It's oh, this yeah. amazing group, amazing collection of people who put their heart and soul into um, really fighting, you know, from an advocacy, st advocacy standpoint, um, from an education outreach standpoint for air quality. And I went, yeah, I mean, that's the group. I, so I, I immediately got in contact with their executive director at the time and sat, I said, hey, can we meet, you know, for coffee and go talk about something? I got an idea. And she was like, 
okay. <laughs> and I said, I want to raise money for you. And I want it to be essentially no work for you. Right. You know, and she was just like, what? I mean, like people don't do this, you know? Right. And I said, I don't want it to be any work for Breathe Utah. Um, but I had this idea. I told, a little, told her a little bit about, um, you know, maybe my past and race director um, stuff that I'd done at Pocatello. And she's like, great, you know, we're all in. I mean, how, how, how would they say no to that? And uh, so we kind of pulled it together. I put the, uh, you know, some word out there on my blog, I think, and said, here's what I'm going to do. You know, challenge, challenge me. Right. Do like this challenge. Around. If I can get to 10 laps, you know, you know, pledge 5 or $10 or whatever per lap. And it was awesome, actually. And, th and then I also said, I had to make it, I hate to say this, but I had to make it about me because I didn't have a permit. So I couldn't right. call it a race. I couldn't say, we're going to start at this time and all compete to do numbers of laps because that's a race in the right. eyes of the Forest Service and, and the county. And so I said, here's what I'm doing. Um, I can't stop you from coming to join me. So if you want to come out, do it. I'm going to start it on this day at 6 a.m. And we had a, actually, yeah, so put, put the word out there. And like two days before the Saturday we were going to start, it dumped like oh. a couple feet. Nice. <laughs> and I had the folks at Breathe Utah saying like, you don't have to do this. We can delay it a week or two. And I'm like, no, we're doing it. <laughs> and it was really cool. So we had maybe, maybe like 10 to 12 folks show up in the morning. And we all just started marching up the west side, right? And you're post-holing up to knee or even deeper than knee all the way to the top. The first lap was oh. really hard that year. <laughs> and so it was kind of like breaking trail on skis. We were taking turns, you know, right? not like kicking steps kind of, right? And it's so neat doing multiple laps. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this because for a long time I was uh, like very opposed to events that involved laps on things. And right. <laughs> here I am doing a lot of laps. Yeah. But um <laughs> You know, the first lap is super hard because you're breaking trail, and every lap it sort of gets broken in, and eventually it's like this little trough that right. you can both get up fairly effectively but also down really fast, too. That's what I love about doing uh, West Side of Grandeur in the wintertime. It's really fun coming down. Um, at any rate, so that was, that was 2012, and it went off really well. I think we had quite a few people come out for it. I, at the time, I was counting, like, total number, like, collective number of summits for the people that participated, and it was maybe somewhere around 100 summits, wow. let's say. Which was really cool. What was the like that first year where it was kind of just put together the way you did it? What, what kind of what did you raise? Do you remember? Maybe five or six thousand dollars. Wow, something like that. That's okay. great. That's yeah. yeah, that's a lot more than I thought. Or, you know, just the conversation. So that was the first year. Yeah. And then after you completed that, did you think, hey, that was? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, people really ate it up. They're like, this would be a neat event. Mm -hmm. You know, like you've got to do this. And and I I truly loved it. I mean, it, it was. It was much more exciting than I thought it would be doing, you know, repetitive laps on the west side of that peak. But it's so cool to start in the morning when it's dark and then go through the day. And we had crazy weather that day and then into the night and through the night. <laughs> it was pretty lonely during the night because <laughs> I think it was just, just me yeah. and all the people who said they were going to join me. Very few were there. I think Eric Storheim might have come out during the night. But um, it was an awesome event. And I was like, I, I really want to do this again. <clears throat> and I came out of that, um, you know, connecting with the Forest Service, trying to make it happen. That, that that ended up being the next three or four years for me was to try to work with the county, actually, who uh, they have, the you know, it's county land for halfway up the west side mm -hmm. of Grandin that turns into Forest Service. Right. Um, and I worked at that and worked at that for multiple years and was ne it just wasn't going to happen, um, just given, given the fact that it's not an official trail yeah. in there. Oh. You know, it's not a system trail. And the Forest Service is pretty, you know, rigid on pretty rigid on that yeah. rule of must be system trail and so i got uh, you know rather discouraged uh really wanted to keep doing the event which we which we did do but it was always this underground 
right. um, non-official event. I mean, it had to be. And yeah. they, let, they were very clear about that, h- how we conducted it. Um, if, if I made it look like a race at all, um, if it ever, you know, if I ever treated it like a race, like I could have, you Got know, a lot gotten of trouble. in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that was, that was running up for air for 2012, 13, 14, and 15. So did your, so you did this, uh, for people to know how the first year you did it for how long? Well, the goal, I mean, it was always a 24 hour thing. Okay. So it's the most number of laps you could fit in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And every year I've, I've done that, you know gone for, you know, whether it was 22 or 23 hours, 23 and change, something like that, you know. And so every year did your laps increase? I think I did. So this was on the west side, 10 laps the first year and then 12 laps the next year. Um, And then I think I did 12 laps again the next year. So 10, 12, 12. And then I didn't run it myself in 2015, but others did. Right. Nice. And as the years gone by too, as the donation or the money raised increased not really it's honestly been kind of hovering about five six thousand yeah. every year D- only because again because it's not an organized event we right. haven't really been able to publicize it it's like donation based. and so yeah it's like the people that think it's interesting and we're willing to make some donation seem to be there and sort of with me for all those years but i wasn't i wasn't ever able to grow it you know so, so. now so where are we at now okay so uh last year end of 20, well, actually, I should say early 2016, uh, I really didn't think it was going to happen. I was working with the Forest Service, and we had entertained this idea of moving it, shifting the venue to be on the Church Fork side of Grandeur Peak, which mm-hmm. is in Mill Creek Canyon, and it is a system trail. Right. I, I love Church Fork. It's a great trail, but it's just not the west side, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's not that just gnarly, steep, rocky mess, but the reality is it's a far better trail. And so... You know, we were kicking around the idea of moving moving the event over into Church Fork, where we'd sort of have a, an aid station, go to the summit, and then descend the west side. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And in my mind, ideally, I'd go all the way to the bottom and then come back up. But we uh, we sort of hit this barrier where if I ever, if as long as people were on top of snow, they treated it like a special, like a winter permit rather than a trail event. And almost like a ski race or a snowmobile thing, which races, you know, snowmobiling races get permits, special use winter permits. And so I had had this epiphany at the end of 2015, like I'm just characterizing this wrong. I'm calling it a trail race. But the reality is it's a lot more like a winter, a special use winter race. There you go. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I just need to call this like a snowshoe race or a a whatever means you like to get to the top race, you know. And it's on snow. It's almost always been on snow, except maybe the bottom third. Right. You know, usually melts out, depending on the conditions. So we had this arrangement where we would start at church work, go to the summit, descend down until we until the snow stopped, till we're on dirt, and that would be by de- you know requirement a turnaround point. Okay. And then crazily, we had this uh, really warm weather right before the 2016 event, and essentially you were on dirt maybe 500 vertical feet from the <laughs> summit so we just changed it and we said it's going to be all in church fork and that's what it was for 2016 and it ended up being really cool okay and so did, was, that was last year did you or i guess this year did you have a race was that more of a race situation entry fee type thing is that how you raised yeah, that time so it was the first time we ever had an entry fee okay now i got a permit two weeks before and 
you can imagine it's hard to pull off any type of organized anything in two, <laughs> two weeks. weeks. Right. Yeah. But magically we did. So we did charge a, a little entry fee, 35 bucks, I think, which essentially just covered the insurance and food that we bought. And I didn't feel good charging any more than that to people because we, we didn't have much infrastructure, you know. There was certainly no swag, no T-shirt, no buckle, no nothing, you yeah. know. So I charged just the bare minimum so we could cover our expenses to put it on. And then my hope was Breathe Utah would benefit from this through people donated directly to Breathe. So, Well, the other thing it's done, too, I mean, we've talk, we're talking about the financial stuff, but a lot of it, too, is just the recognition, yeah, the right? Ad- advocacy. Of the advocacy the of what's issue. going on. Because yeah. here in Utah, if you're not familiar, and you know a lot of people obviously aren't, but we've got an air problem in the wintertime. We've got a huge air problem. So we always have uh, the uh, outdoor retailers show mm-hmm. in the winter. It's yep. January, January. And people come to town, and they they. Just are They're in, like, what the heck's yeah, going on? Yeah, they can't believe it. Yeah. Um, they'll see posts and photos. They're talking about it. They got masks on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that bad of a problem. And a lot of people outside the community don't see it. So this, besides the money, it's just more of an awareness thing, too, right. mm-hmm. which you've definitely seen some some things go on. So now we're gearing up, as we were talking about, for 2017. 2017. So Rufa yeah. 2017 is on Ultra Sign Up. It is. Right? It That's is. exciting. So yep. And it's open. For registration, yep. just opened a couple days ago. Yeah. Okay. And so, tell tell people what to expect if they want to do this and why they should do this. If they want to do it, um, I think it's really, you know, a unique event in the trail running, if you want to call it, or ultra running scene. Most people try to put their race, back when I ran Pocatello, it was like, what's the right date for the best conditions for people, right? Yeah. Right. It was that May, was it June? It's hard to say, right, in the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but we were trying to have the most, like, the most pleasant weather possible was really our objective. And most race directors, with the exception of outliers like Badwater and things like this, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I think Rufa is interesting because it's intentionally meant to be a winter endurance foot race. Right. And I don't know that many of those. <laughs> In fact, no, I don't know any. Not many that I'm so aware of. I can't think of any. Yeah. So we actually pulled it um, earlier in the year. It's February 11th this year. So it's, two, I think, two weeks earlier than it was in 2016. Oh, yeah. And that's so that we really kind of guarantee that winter, you yeah. know, packed winter snow experience. Just R&R. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because yeah. it could be ugly. It, it could be totally ugly. <laughs> and if it is, we're still going to have it. it we're still like going to hold it. Three feet of snow. That's yeah, part but, of the allure. But the cool thing about That'd it. That's so cool. I mean, and I love this component of it. When you get like a, a train of people, let's say 40, 50, 60 people all marching up a trail, it's going to get packed down. It packs out you know? like after the first pass. Awesome. Yeah. So while the first lap or two or three <laughs> may be gnarly and you may be pole-stolen and you may be uh, really kind of frustrated, <laughs> it's cool to see how as you slow down and get more exhausted, um, it's qu- quite often people's lap times don't necessarily slow down a lot because right. the trail gets better and better. Yeah. And that's certainly what we found on the west side, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I was able to hold the same split on the west side for the s- first six laps, like within oh a few, with a few minutes, within yeah, a few minutes so cool. maybe, and I was getting tired. The trail was getting better, and right. and you're and getting evens out a little. Yeah, bit. it's very interesting. So, what was your last year? What kind of with only two weeks to prepare for it, and, and the history of it? What kind of numbers did you have last year? Um, in terms of people that showed up to participate, um, boy, I have to look it up. I would say about eighty or so. So it was actually not that. I mean, it was even less than some of the earlier years that we had. Um, right. One of the reasons I think too. Well, the first is that we only had two weeks that we put the right. word out there. Yeah. Um, the other was twenty-four hours 
you know, 24-hour event is fairly daunting to a lot of people, even when they're in their peak fitness, but especially in February, they're like, what are you doing, you know? Oh. Well, that's, I mean, the event itself, it's daunting. Not be, it's, not a, it's not like you go, it's not a race. You're not running, right? It's you're hiking and you're earning every right. step. Right? So what's <laughs> elevation gain out of Church Fork? So it's about 2,600 feet. And then what's the mileage for Church Fork? Six miles round trip, 5.9 or something. So three-ish. Three to the top. Yeah, just under three to the top and, you know, 2,600 feet up. Ow. So, I mean, it's, it's but it's much, I mean, it's actually, I think Church Fork site is very runnable (laughs) relative to the west side for sure, right? So, I mean, the west side is like, (laughs) you're hiking the west side, you know? But Church Fork's great um, because there are a number of sections that, you know, Folks will be able to run sections. And is that <laughs> what you're going to do this year? You're going to go back to the church fork side? Yeah. And have people. Yeah. So are people, is it an out and back or is it a, a loop? It'll be an out and back, yep, up to the summit. We'll have a little aid station on top. We had a little tent with like two two poor people shivering up there. <laughs> I remember um, Just to verify that, that. that people awesome. would come up there. But we <laughs> plan to have like, you know, better infrastructure up this year and really have fun with that. Okay. Um, it was tricky to find volunteers to want to go, you know, carry Joel stuff was up talking there. about that on the way down here. Gosh, up. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on top. You know, that's I think I think Luke 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 Nelson. I was talking to him earlier today. He goes, "So you're going to go to the roof of this year?" And I'm like, "I guess I do now." <laughs> you got to do it. You yeah, gotta I guess do I got to do it now. Well, <laughs> back to the daunting 24-hour nature of it. This 2017, we've also added a 12-hour and a six-hour yeah. approach to it. Because I think what I found too was there are a number of people who shot me emails that were like, I and I it sort of opened my eyes to like uh, a component of trail running community that like the, the real competitive side where they didn't want to sign up for a 24 hour event to come and do two or three or four laps and then, right. you know, be compared to someone who might've gone for 24 hours, yeah. which, you know, was interesting for me to kind of see that, but it, it makes sense. So I want it to, I want it to become a, you know, a more competitive, like a real race, which would be cool. And so I think adding a 12 hour component or event and a six hour event will inspire the people who don't want to go slog for 24 hours you know right. they can come and give you know serious Not effort that, for six yeah. hours and throw down i think it's some interesting sort of statistics will come out of this you know like the okay. most number of laps in six what, hours so what do you cool. think will happen in six hours what do you think would in terms be? of number of yeah laps? no i mean how, how what's the most laps you think a male or a female can get in six hours in ideal conditions <sighs> on trail, church work trails packed out with snow yeah I mean, Church Fork is harder to get vertical than the west side because it's right. longer, you know? So, like, for reference, uh, the earlier years I was doing 12 laps on the west side, which is 40,000 feet. Um, <laughs> Church Fork, I mean, this year this year was a little different, and I was, like, trying to coordinate the event. So, like, when I'd come back from laps, I'm, like, trying to help out with the aid station and then turn around and go back out. So, um, but I do think it would be hard to get the same. Well, I know it, it would be much harder to get the same number of, well, the same amount of vertical on the Church Fork side. Um, let's see what could happen there. Yeah, in six hours. Six hours. What would you the say? It's a race, like you're yeah. talking about. What would the winner be? We, we in get your... like a fast one or two fast mountain guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, like a Luke. I mean, yeah. Luke's in, super impressive, and I forget how many laps he did and how long he went. But I bet if he came down and focused on the six hour, I mean, he could probably do it like five or six times, maybe five oh. times. All right, there you go, Luke. <laughs> Man, let's see. That's. Five that's times, maybe. Five times. Yeah. yeah. In six hours? Dang. That'd be really hard, actually. But Luke's, Luke's remarkable. He's really fit. He's going to be in Iceland then, right? And he's going to come back. And he'll be fit. 
He'll be ready to roll. He'll be ready to roll because he'll yeah. be doing all the schemo stuff over there. So so we're yeah. saying five on fit for six hours. So I mean, someone fast up is doing an ascent in 40 minutes and down in 20, so an hour for oh a fast lap. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. You know? So what about a couple of fat guys like us? Like, <laughs> you looked right at me like again. Three? I don't like that. Two? I, a lot of people did two and three laps, two? like in the, in, okay. the, in the sub six hour range. Right. Yeah. Joel's throwing down. So, he's, he's ready. Well, let's, no, do it, Joel. I, I think that, you know, if if he had like a buckle, because I'm a buckle whore, <laughs> I might be into the 24. Oh, man, not me. <laughs> we've done we've done some stuff down uh, oh or up, up north. Uh, Malins. Malins. Like we do six, a six hours, hours of Malins, Malins, and we've done 12 hours of Malins. Yeah. And Malins, Joel, give a quick description. It's, That's two miles up and 2,000 feet of yeah. climbing, and it's, basically. It's runnable down it's, for sure. And part and of it's runnable can, up. Yeah, up part as well. So we've had some experience with it. Yeah. Right? So I'll get like three trips in and six hours. Yeah. Four is good. Four is good. Yeah. Yeah, three is pretty average. So a 12-hour. So six hour, we're thinking maybe five. Uh-oh. He's, he's, so, got, he's got all his data yeah, right so here. I got my spreadsheet up oh here. Oh, my gosh. I knew that was going to happen. He is such a spreadsheet nerd. So this is awesome. we had somebody do four laps in six hours and 11 minutes last Holy year. Holy cow. Um. So I, I think five's possible. Okay. What yeah, let's on? just throw it out there. All five's right. the challenge. What so I you? think that becomes very interesting now to a lot of people, right, yeah. who might not want to come and just, you know, grovel for 24 hours, right. which is, you know, but you're being, my you're usual modus operandi there. You'll um, be so groveling with a lot of familiar people, though. I know. That's that makes fun it part. fun, right? Because yeah. if, especially if you're going up and down, so you're going to be yeah. seeing these people the whole right. time. High-fiving them, slapping them on the behind. Yeah, yeah. pushing them. Okay. <laughs> pushing them. If they get too close your time. Thumb gets, though, on the way up. And so then we have a 12-hour event. Yeah, the there's next a 12-hour event. We had, let's see, we had someone do six laps in nine hours and change. So another one or two on top of that is possible, maybe? Wow. Eight laps Eight in laps hours? in 12 hours. Eight or nine? <laughs> let's see. Wow. And then 24 Four. would you be... You did 24 last year, right? Um, yeah, kind so of? let's see. I did 13 laps in 23 hours, right. and I bet... You know, if someone were focused on it, they could do 15 or so. Oh, my gosh. That would hurt. That would be. Your legs would hate you for a That would days. be tough. So 15, you think 15, right? Yeah. And that's let's, how many. Let's throw it out What's there. the elevation on that? This Let's up? say 3,000? 3, 3,000 or two? It's uh, 2,600 up, roughly. Okay. Wow. So, so I'm not like a we're mathematician. We're doing math, but we're, yeah. we're closing in on like 38,000. It's 39,000. Oh, so I said 38. That's pretty close. Cool. That but really I, th- good. I, d- I mean, I do think it's possible. Because I was doing forty thousand on the west side in twenty three hours, so right. But if, that's what if you're a little, you know, with the, you're going to cover more distance to get that right. uh, on church work. But it's possible. Let's throw that out as the challenge. So fifteen laps for the twenty four hour. That's what we got to get to collectively as a community. See, and that's why we wanted it may to take do the a year quick or two intro. To get there. That's why we wanted to do the intro so people <laughs> right. knew who we we're talking to. Yeah. We're talking Barkley, yep. Hard Rock, yep. all these crazy things that you've done. So mm-hmm. that, that's why we wanted that background. I know. So people listening, like. Oh, so if he says five, then I'm thinking three. Okay, three for us <laughs> average guys. So it's going to be on February 11th. Yep. You got a six-hour, a 12-hour, a 24-hour, and it's all for a good cause. It is. Right? So a couple things. I mean, we, we'll still talk about it, but you can go to runningupforair.com. Yep. Is the website, right or just head over to Ultra Sign Up yep. and Running Up for Air, and there's information and registration is open. Yeah, and uh, seriously, it's what an awesome event. So well, this year, I mean, have you thought about numbers? What you'd like to see out this year? 
for uh, people? Yeah. yeah. Number of so, participants that register. I mean, we're capped at 120. Okay. So I, I'd love to see us get to that. Is there a lottery? <laughs> no Is lottery. there a wait list? <laughs> uh, there's no wait list. I don't... You know, I'd love to see us fill up, yeah. which I think would well, be really cool. Let's, let's, let's fill throw that up. challenge out. I think there's yeah. enough people between... You know, Logan and St. George. Now, I know those St. George folks don't like coming up here in the winter time, but... It's a challenge. Come on up. Get come Turtle up. Turtle yeah. and Corey Reese and yeah. the gang down there to... Dave Stevenson. Bring, they can come up here and do up. six hours of... Make an, make an event yeah. out of it, yeah. right? I think we should fill this up. 120 people. Let's do it. That would be awesome. Know. You know, we talked a lot about numbers and times and what's possible speed-wise and whatnot, but the reality is... Number one, it's for, I think for, for a very good cause, and right. hopefully others uh, agree with that. Especially if you live in the valley and enjoy breathing. Yeah, breathing's oh, yeah. really um, neat. It's really neat. <laughs> yeah, is that what you said. <laughs> I think breathing's neat. <laughs> but I think it's also really fun. So for those who um, are in the community and have been to an aid station that Rock Horton has ever put on, oh yeah, Rock Horton magic. and Catherine, um, two of this you know fixture people, two heroes of mine here yeah. in in Salt Lake. You know, they've graciously volunteered to run the aid station again oh, down at the man. bottom of Church Fork. So nice. That's just I mean, worth coming out by itself. It yeah. Especially if they're making pierogies. <laughs> oh, man. I'll yeah. just stay there for 24 hours. <laughs> here, here's my money. I'm going to stay right Jill, here. Jill's going to have the pierogi challenge. <laughs> I will. Challenge. I will win. You'll get your money's worth in pierogies. <laughs> yeah, right. so it's going to be super fun. Um, if and when you decide that, you know, you're, you're done running for the day and you've got all your summits in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're welcome to hang out there and just enjoy what should be a really fun uh you know, gathering party. Bring some warm clothes because it gets really cold at the bottom of Church Fork so in February. Now, so now I was reading too on the website. There's a shuttle. Is there a shuttle, right? Yes, you have right. to park and then you shuttle to the start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's absolutely critical. So if you've ever wondered why aren't there more new trail races in the Wasatch, right? And I've wondered that. I've lived here my whole life and right. run the Wasatch. But that's a grandfather. That's a 37-year-old race that they're grandfathered in. Right. You know, they go back so many years um, and they have this, you know, historical presence right Mm -hmm. but you can't i mean you couldn't go put on a new race that's why there's things like the whirl and millwood and running up for air was an underground thing for a long time because it's so challenging to permit a new race through the forest service and it's not that they're um that the forest service is incredibly difficult to work with what i learned in the process is um especially in the tri canyons like mill creek big and little cottonwood the big challenge for them is traffic right and they have not seen anybody put forward a plan to conduct a race, a new trail race or bike race, that doesn't result in lots of additional traffic into the canyon. Right. So one of the things they told me initially was, if you want to go to the Church Fork side, uh, great, but you can only do that if you solve the traffic issue. So okay. figure out how to put on an event with 120 participants, right, running up and down Church Fork Trail, and have no additional cars parked on the side of the road in Mill Creek Canyon. Okay. Hmm. Right? So we, they, they, you know, had, had some trust they put in us for 2016, and we arranged a, a, what turned out to be a very effective shuttle system that goes from Olympus Hill Shopping Center, which is just outside, oh, yeah. you know, the mouth of the canyon, then shuttled people up every 30 minutes. And... It was so fantastic that when the Forest Service people came up throughout the event to see see how things were going, you know, <laughs> where we actually following the rules, they pull up um, to the small pull-off on the side of the road, a church fork, and there were like two or three cars. And they said we could have two or three for, for those of us putting the event on, right. you know, to drive Supplies equipment up and stuff yeah. like that. But um, I think they were pleased with how we conducted it. I think it set a really important precedence, not just for running up for air, but the trail running community and the relationship we have with the Forest Service right. 
So it's utterly critical for running it for air that we follow the rules there with the shuttle. But more, you know, bigger than that too, as a community, if we ever want to put a new race in any of those canyons, we got to do it with a shuttle. So, yeah. so if, if people are wanting to participate, you definitely do need to read what I say on the website about the shuttle. Right. When you get on the shuttle, you'll get a ticket, and that ticket is something you need when you arrive at the start line and say, I intend to run now. You need to have your ticket that you got on the shuttle. So that's it, awesome. it's our way yeah. of ensuring that people follow the rules. Well, and I think, you know, we had uh, just this last year with the Wasatch 100, there were some changes to yeah. the course and the aid stations because of different reasons, UDOT and, and right. different things that yeah. they had problems with. Mm-hmm. And so they had to come back and say, listen, we don't want to get in trouble. Right. You need to follow the rules. Right. And it's important, as, as Jared just mentioned, as a trail community and as a community in general, Follow the rules, set yeah. a good precedence, so things like running up for air, and there could be other things spawn from this, but it just makes things easier. It because does. Joel and I have put on races, not yep. to the degree of a Wasatch 100. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've been a race director. People, I don't know if we realize the hoops and the challenges you're yes. faced with. Because um, you mentioned a, yeah. an, an interesting format is half of it was county, and the other half was forest service. Mm-hmm. Me and Joel were putting a race on at one point that was county, city, private land, forest service. Yep just for a small race. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of these these hurdles that go into a race, not just fees, but the the legwork to right. do it. So it's awesome to see running up for air be permitted, you know, kind of yep. be a, a non-underground, come check me out. But if you have some shoes and you want to join me, go for it. It's nice to see that, hey, we can blow this thing off, you know, blow the roof off this thing. Let's have a good time, but just stay within what we've established, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, because me and Joel think, you know, that's why we want to come down and talk to you. We talked about it last year leading up to last race um, in 2016, um, what an awesome event it is. I think you so. Know? And it's always about the great cause, but mm-hmm. again, like-minded people. Yeah, the great community that comes out and supports You usually know the people like anyway, yeah. right? So it's a lot of fun. And wait, you don't know? you have pancakes? Oh, we'll have pancakes. <laughs> isn't that, that, isn't that, what, that what it's known for, though? Is I the think, pancakes. I think that's a... Uh, I mean, Rock's known for having almost anything. Uh, right. Well, yeah, actually, when Eric Storheim puts on the uh, fun run, yeah. he's yeah. known to be flipping pancakes yeah. at the bottom. So yeah, we'll have pancakes. All so right. who have you got? Who's the designated uh, top aid station? Have you found the the? Um, no, and it's not going to be one person. It's going to be a number of people cycling through, just because. Right. I mean, depending on the conditions, hours. too, like it could be serious It'll up be there. Darn hard. Yeah. So <laughs> we intend to have a much more robust tent than we had last time. I think um, we should throw Ty Draney on the top. Why we not? should actually, yeah. Because he's pretty accustomed to wearing goggles, having a big beard in that cold weather. That's He'd right. He'd love it up there. Oh yeah. He might come down and run though. <laughs> yeah. He, he <laughs> said he might do a lap. You know, he's yeah. recovering he's, from yeah. His, that's his, what his I'm wheels kind of bummed still. Yeah. Let's throw him up there and high five people. We're yeah, throwing lots of people under the bus right uh, now. That's I what love we, it. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, the summit of grandeur in a gnarly storm is probably like a normal day in Afton, Wyoming. <laughs> so. True. Very yeah, true. Very <laughs> normal so he'll fit right in. He'll probably be in t-shirt and shorts up there. What's up, guys? Be up there in his little Afton thong. What's going on, <laughs> the, the Wyoming flag. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, what uh, is there a, when you do these? I mean, obviously, you have the running up for air and everything else. Do you have a go- ever put like forth a goal of what you'd like to raise? Because yeah. I mean, that's a, a, ultimately what it is for. Uh, yeah. Running up, does running up for air? Do they come out and check it out and, and everything else too? Is that you group? mean Breathe Utah? Breathe Utah. Oh, excuse yeah. me. They yeah, they have Utah. definitely participated every okay. year, um, and they'll they'll be out there this year as well. What I want to do this year, so we re- we're charging more than we did last year for it, but the intent is not to you know do all the fundraising through the entry fees. Like that's not my intent. 
my intent with it was create this wacky event that could be a headliner and get attention, right? right. Like on the news, people go, "Oh my gosh, what? Twenty four hours on oh. a peak in February." I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to watch the news, right? And I think we'll actually have that this year. So. I, what what I want is for the the huge population here in Salt Lake Valley to to tune into the news and get exposure to it. So I don't want to grow it by I don't want to have a you know ten thousand runners someday. Yeah, I don't want any more than one hundred twenty to right. be honest. It's it would be unmanageable. But I want people. I want the valley. I want the citizens, non runners uh, alike, uh, to participate kind of virtually, like through little updates that they'll right. see through the news. In a best case scenario, I'll have a camera, a video streaming. Um, footage you know that would hopefully get aired on the news throughout the event which cool would be really cool is this would be like our version of the mountain marathon yeah yeah you know they have a helicopter during <laughs> that race filming it yeah that would be way cool well, you, have, you have commentary during the race from newscasters. That would yeah. be so cool. I mean, I, I'd really love to get some sort of in situ, like from the event footage that, yeah. that like the you know the rest of the citizens here can oh, actually feel like they're part of it. Following yeah, that would be leaders. awesome. Yeah, to be a part and, of that. You know, I didn't really say this at the beginning on the what motivated this, but the 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 title of it, the name of it, "Running Up for Air," is. I mean, it's perfectly indicative of what happens in the winter during an inversion, right? right. I mean, I, I do wear a respirator, um, like a you know bona fide full mask respirator when we have red air days, and I'll wear that up to a particular elevation, which is like the top of the you know cold dense air that's in the bottom of the valley. And you I mean you could close your eyes and tell when you're climbing when you cross through that threshold, and it's very it's you know a very thin line between the cold air and the warm air, right? Mm -hmm. You could close your eyes and feel the temperature rise 10 or 15 degrees and go, oh, I'm above it now. Right. And so I'll run with a respirator up, <laughs> you know, for air. I'm then I'm like liter I'm literally running up up for air, which is where the name came from. And I'll hang my respirator on the side of a bush and then continue to the top, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to find a silver lining in the inversions that we have here, the thermal inversions, it's that in the wintertime, when we are, have inverted conditions, the running up above, say, 6,500 feet or 7,000 feet, wherever that line is, is fantastic. It is. Right. It's warm, it's warm, clear, it's sun. beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hope to be able to get footage um, from the top of the peak, which I think would be so cool, so, you know, eventually on some local media news outlet so people could go wow that's what it looks like yeah, up there because right. it's beautiful like it being is. on top of grandeur at nine or ten at night which i'm often up there at nine or ten at night <laughs> is a remarkable scene you know even I mean, if it's if it's clear it's amazing to see the city right and then if you're in a nasty inversion it really opens your eyes to the, the problem we yeah. have when you're down in it you find yourself holding yourself up inside your house and you don't really understand what's going on. But if right. you're up above it and looking down, it's like, oh my gosh, like yeah. this is bad. You, and I remember one of the first times that hit me, we, we you know, in our area, it's a Maylands. And yeah. I remember one time just getting up on Maylands and above that because you're back in a canyon. So you're not really, you, nothing's visible. And you come out on the peak. And yeah. I remember the first time it hit me is looking out and going, oh my gosh. Like I mean, it was big cap. It was, it was sad yeah you know it was it was awesome because we got to the top and like you said it's beautiful it's like you're in an airplane above the clouds mm -hmm. but then you look down and you see that and you're like oh man it's just, i gotta go it's, back down i know yeah. it's scary yeah it really is it's like one of those horror films you know yeah. it's it's a bad situation so we're gonna do everything we can you know to, to promote, promote this but the other thing is so what if someone can't make it or they don't hike run anything else how can they get involved is there a place where they can donate to the cause Absolutely, yeah. I mean, go to breathe you uh, running up for air, excuse me, dot com, 
and we have a like a simplified little PDF on there okay. that's kind of like the 101 educational brochure on air quality. Okay. That's like a good first stop if you don't really know a whole lot about the situation. Then I'd recommend jumping over to the breatheutah.org website. Right. I mean, it's a it's a very well done website with tons of information and opportunities to get involved at, at lots of different levels. If you're if you're an educator and want to play in that role, great. If you're interested in sort of the legislative aspect of things, great. Uh, you can definitely you know donate. As we get closer to running up for air, though, I'm sure they'll have something right on the main webpage where people can go. Like I want. I want that donation to go directly to them and not through me or the run, the the race at all. Really, you know, okay. the race is just sort of the the vehicle to bring attention to it. Right. Um, so. So I think you yeah. do that. You see a lot of people that may not be able to participate, whether mm-hmm. for one reason or another, but they want to be a part of it or mm-hmm. they want to promote it or you know whatever your your verbiage might be. So I think that's what people need to be aware of. Is you can go to runningupfair.com and check, as Jared just said, there's information there. Right. You know, because there is there's a lot of people that still are not aware of how bad it is. Right. Yeah. Right. Because some people don't watch the news. They really don't. Some people aren't familiar with it's a red day. What does that mean? Right. It means, well, oh, it's bad weather. I or think bad that air. they don't understand how bad it is because they don't do that where they get up above the inversion. Yeah. Or they don't put the effort in to go from the inversion to non-inversion and see that. I think that's why it's important for people to get outside and participate in the natural environment so that they have a greater stake in the game. They Mm -hmm. actually understand what's happening to not only the environment, but to them physiologically. Yeah. To breathing this stuff 24-7 during a red cycle. And the red cycles are coming sooner and they're staying longer. Well, so I've got a father-in-law who he cannot go outside on a red day. And so I've got children. So his grandchildren, he has not been able to attend events they've right. been a part of because he can't go outside. Yeah. And when he does, feel the red days. he can. He oh, free, yeah. And you that's can, the first thing absolutely. he'll ask. You can, we'll say, hey, my daughter's got a soccer game. He goes, we'll have to check the air quality right. first. Is it yellow? If it's yellow, he'll put a mask on. He'll be right. yeah. on the sideline. But if it's red, he can't even be yeah. a part of my children's lives. Yeah. Right? That's so crazy. it's a serious thing. And you're spot on, Joel. And that's why I think the event is neat is yeah. you appreciate how bad the problem is when right. you actually – take a, you know go up and right. have a perspective down on but it but physically you're doing it not driving not like driving up little <laughs> little cottonwood yeah. or big cottonwood but you you're actually you got some skin in the game right yeah. and that's why i'd love to get you know the the visceral kind of video feed from the summit so right. that not just the runners mm-hmm. get to see what that's like everybody right. you know like the two million people in the salt lake valley could get exposure to it. i mean that's right. what i see as like the best case yeah. outcome of this is people on their TV going, oh, wow, holy yeah. cow, <laughs> like, I get this. Well, and if, the, if anybody out there has, you know, those conduits to these levels we're talking about, I mean, you can go on the website on the contact page and let them know, hey, we have this vehicle that we might be able to help with, whether you know somebody in the media, We right? need Jamil Curry to come up and make a video. Oh, yeah. Bring he's his really little good. camera. <laughs> his little yeah. camera. I'll yeah. get him up here, actually. There you go. He, he's he's really, a Barkley guy. He's, he's training really for He needs to come up here. He's, he's really good at making videos. Oh, amazing. He can't, he can't get this kind of vertical down in Phoenix. And he oh. loves it. Get up here. Yeah. yeah. he loves. He's Because he just got done chasing <laughs> Zach Miller and Hayden Hawks around yeah, North did. Face. So yeah. now let's get him chasing up and down the peak with his camera. Yeah, That'd be awesome. That would be fun. Yeah. And just a little more coverage. So, I mean, is there anything else we could talk about with this or anything we've left out? Yeah. To, that we could help with or, or people can help with or be aware of? Um, maybe the one thing I wanted to throw out in terms of um, people participating is just that for those who want to run the event, I've mentioned that there's three different categories, mm-hmm. but we've tried to make it really flexible on the start times for the 12 and 6 hour, okay. which might sound weird. Most races don't do this, but um, for the 24 hour, obviously, you got to start at 6 a.m. Right. If you are going to do the 6 hour event, we're letting you start 
essentially anywhere in that window. That's cool. Where you, so you could come start at midnight, you know, 12 a.m. on Sunday, right. and then run from then till 6 a.m. on Sunday, and you know, you'll your time will still be kind of counted. So right anywhere within that 24-hour yeah. period. Yeah, so but it's going to kind of throw this um, cool, cool element of like I don't exactly know who I'm, you know, oh, running yeah. against and you all that. Know. But at the That's same really time, cool. um, I, I hope you know. I have a family and kids, so I know what it's like having a complicated schedule. Right. And I think it would be really cool with a race that has a variable start time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we're but allowing people to start. Then, right. Start, yeah, start on the hour, um, you know, every hour. So they'll have to sort of check in and say, okay, I'm going to start at, you know, 10 a.m. on Saturday or whatever. So, so you're going to have some, like, some tracking. This would be kind of neat. So people can follow along. Yeah, we haven't exactly worked that out yet, but we'll plan it. We'll we'll do yeah. something so folks can follow along. You know, we had no time last year to coordinate. Sure. You know, much communication or yeah. You know, anybody's ability to follow the race, but mm-hmm. I, we'll do something this year. So we'll 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 announce that on the website. Cool. I mean, and you can get you know Brian Pallick come over and be like live okay. tweet it. Yeah, live tweet. <laughs> he can just sit down there and eat pierogi and That's say, right. okay, Luke Nelson's done five laps, folks. So and yeah. and to be clear on the the start times because I already know what's going through Joel's head. Joel, you can't go three hours, take a two hour nap, nah. eat some pierogies, and finish your next three. It's got to be Ooh, that's six a good hours idea. straight. You know, you can if you want, but you're oh, on the clock. <laughs> you're on the clock <laughs> when you're eating pierogies. Actually, we had a woman this year come and do a few laps in the morning, and then she went skiing for the day, and then she came <laughs> back later that evening. That's awesome. You know, she shows up at like eight or nine p.m., and I'm like. Hey, you're back. She's like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't miss out, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. That's um, awesome. a good idea. So, so it's going to start at 6 a.m. on February 11th, right? Saturday. Yep. And it ends 6 a.m. on 6 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. Wow. So, man, that would be a lot of fun. I'd, it'd be fun to come down and just see it at night, even just seeing the the headlamps yeah, and the up and down at the night during yeah. the evening and kind of get people going. So are you, you? Last year you didn't do it, right? Or the um, kind of, kind of did. I did do it. Right? Run the race, you mean? Yeah. Um, I did this year, yeah. It's okay. like a hybrid between doing it and race directing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was, you know, mostly on course, the event. Marking the course, make sure I got a course. We were marking it on the first <laughs> yeah. lap. Not that it's that hard to mark. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. exactly know. I might be um, just kind of making it happen and, you know, helping out on top of it and helping with the timing and whatnot. Um, right on. Because we're trying to step up our game and make it look and be, you know, act more like a real organized event mm-hmm. i'll probably be on the the sidelines you know try, being a being an rd right <laughs> have you talked have you talked to does anybody that you know that's coming down that you've talked to like you know you've talked to certain people and i know people are aware of it have you heard of it's people early, that are saying yeah we're, we're it's pretty down. it's pretty early i was with uh, buzz burrell this morning okay. he's a good buddy of mine who was in town and he's going to try to you know put the word out there to the other ud athletes and nice. okay. try to get some uh you know be fun some some higher end high end folks to come out and mm. you know now that we've put these targets out here that's know, right um you know and trust me they're out there they are right that's pretty stout yeah like I'd like my anniversary is the twelfth so it's possible right for the eleventh <laughs> to come down <laughs> I think so it's a Saturday yeah I'll be fine because I'd like to come down six twelve and twenty four probably not for me right now but six Ooh, you can do the twelve come on. I could do tw- I could do three laps in twelve hours, easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. I think it'd just be fun to come down and be a part of it, you know, in well, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not just not just the running part, but being actually a part of it. Yeah. Because um, again, it's it's for a great cause, and we have skin in the game, obviously. Yeah, we do. And we're gonna do everything we can to promote the heck out of this thing. I know. We'll, we'll fill it up. Yeah, one hundred and twenty. Sure. One hundred twenty. You know, I'd love to see some like our local kind of 
schema community get out here too you know there's the yeah. trail running community there's the schema community right it uh, for whatever reason they haven't been drawn to the 24-hour event and i'd love to see some people come and just crush especially the six-hour event you know we have yeah. some amazing talent here yeah um victorious brothers to come over i'd love to have right. them come out here i mean i think that could be the most interesting like event here is the, the six-hour oh, yeah. really just seeing guys just go for it just crushing because there's other. guys and yeah. gals out there that could do really well at this and well, we have that, that who's that gal in jackson that schema gal uh she's the last sport meredith yeah, Meredith. Um, what's her last name? I can't think off the top She's of my fast. head. Yeah, and she does. Well. She ran the T. She ran. She won the TDS. Yeah. over at France. Meredith. Meredith three. June. I can't remember Anyways. off the top of my head. We're gonna get She's the last sportive athlete. We need to get her to come down. Yeah, we need to get some. I think that'd be great to see some of them come down and just on the mm -hmm. men's and women's side, just see what can be put out there. I know. I'd love to see just lay it on the line for an early season fun, because they have people have that in. That side of them that's that competitiveness, like Especially you said, it's for a six race. Hours, yeah, six right. hours for sure. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, 24 hour would be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think about the, the quad destruction in yeah. 24 hours. It's good training. I mean, even if you got 20,000 feet climbing in 24 hours, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's going to hurt. In February. In February. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Without that mix in of running, because people think, that's okay. That's coming up fast, too. Yeah. That's only two months away. Joel's yeah. already training. I'm just, I started just doing the math right there. I was like, wait a minute. I just said I kind of want to do the 24 hour. I got two months. Oh, no. You can't say it on air either. Uh, yeah, I can't so say it. Yeah, so, it, yeah, we're going to have all the information on our website. We're yeah. going to have the links. We're going to have as much information as we can. But again, let's uh, sell this out, folks. Runningupforair.com. Uh, check it out on their website, like yeah. we just mentioned. Go over to Ultra Sign Up. If anything else, if you have time, just go ahead and, like Jared mentioned, read the PDFs. You know, read about this stuff. Right. right? Share it with your friends. Why it's important Why that it, you yeah, come. Yeah, it's not a race. I mean, it is, but it, there's a reason, as Jared mentioned, right. there's a reason this came about, and there's yep. a reason why it's lasted, and there's a reason why he's gone to bat and worked so hard for the, with the Forest Service to make this happen. Right. I think that's important, right? You've worked with the Forest Service mm -hmm. to really make this an event that you can be proud of, happy of, and people can really gravitate towards. Right. So. so yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, promote it. I think Joel might be signing up for the twenty four hour, uh, which is good. Um, he's getting he's thinking about it right now. I am. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, visit with you again on this. I think I, so. Right, maybe right before we'll, we'll yeah. at least you know come back down to Salt Lake, to see how the numbers are doing. Yeah. So if maybe you're out even there, go and do a lap. On Church Fork, I think that would be important. I'd like to know what I'm getting into. There you, I think that's <laughs> that's important. But you need to figure that out for yeah, sure. I'd like to go do that first. <laughs> so yeah, J Jared, thanks for yeah. for taking the time to join us. Like I said, I know you're busy, um, your schedule, um, but we definitely wanted to get down so we can do what we can to help with the event in some yeah. level, you know, some capacity. Because like Joel mentioned, we'd love to see this thing get 120 people. Oh, I think we can do it. You know, we'd love to see some media there. We'd love to see it. You know, televised at some level on it. so, so cool. people, so the the public, like you mentioned, can be aware of what's really happening. Yeah. Um, and we have just enough crazy community here with enough connections that I don't know why that couldn't happen. I know, right? Absolutely. So if you have any, if you have any, uh, if you can help on any level that way, right. definitely uh, do do so. Right. right? So, Jared, thanks Thank for you. joining Thank us. You. We, we absolutely it, would love to get, because I know a lot of people are going to see this and say, oh, yeah, Jared, we can talk about Barkley, but we're not. No, we're going to tease everybody with this. That wasn't why we were here. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody's aware of Rufa, but we'd love yeah. to get back with you and, and talk about some of these other things um, 
obviously with your history because it's fascinating for us to hear. It is. And especially when you've been doing it before it became a thing, before right? Before it became cool. Yeah, before it became cool. <laughs> and now right. you're now you're the mentor. He um, is. Yep. And so it's just awesome to be sitting at the table with you. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to promote this. And yeah. if you have any questions, uh, you can head over to their website, runningupforair.com. Check right. them out on Ultra Sign Up. Uh, support the event, folks, on any way you can. Um, and breathe. Utah, right, is the other one they can check out for some more information. So thanks for joining us. Let's get this thing to 120 people. All right. Thank you, guys. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Jared Campbell for taking the time to join us today. And you can check more about Jared's event out at Rufa or runningupforair.com or go over to Ultra Sign Up and uh, put it in search engine there. You can also head on over to breatheutah.org uh, to read a little bit more about that and uh, support the cause. We'd also like to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. Swing by the store page for some gear or hit us up on the contact page and let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Jill Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it. <laughs>